All right, here we go. It's Pop Cultish. Pop Cultish. Oh, yeah. All right, that was my warm-up stuff, but I figured I'd let you hear it anyways. Welcome to another exciting episode of Pop Cultish, the podcast that is really, really hoping for the Lego Peanuts movie to happen, if for no other reason, just so we can see the physical manifestation of Charlie Brown, the blockhead. That's right. Tony Schaub here with you. I've given my wife the day off. Uh, Emily is getting ready to open her own show here in Indianapolis. She is part of the ensemble cast of Anything Goes that starts uh, here in just a few days if you're listening to this in real time. So she's super busy with rehearsals and all that fun stuff. So we're giving her some time off as she prepares for that show. And I'm here today to talk to you about... 2017. This is our first recording of 2017. I cannot believe that it took us all the way until March to get things going, but you know what? Sometimes life happens, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. It's been busy, but in a good way. So, this year uh, is going to see, as most years of course, a lot of awesome pop culture stuff come our way. We've got new TV series, we've got new book series, we've got new music, we've got new games, and of course, we've got a whole slew of movies coming our way, both at the Cineplex and in the streaming realm. So today we're going to dedicate the episode to talking about 2017's movie preview. That's right, we're going to talk about uh, all the movies, well not all the movies that are coming out this year, but we're going to talk about a, a good chunk of the ones uh, specifically in the pop culture realm that are coming out this year. The big ones that you'll want to know about, the dates that they'll be coming out, so you can plan your trips to the cinema appropriately, and just all that fun stuff. We'll just kind of dive in here. First, let's talk, since it's already March, let's talk a little bit about what's already happened so far this year. There have been a few big releases that, that happened early in the year that have been really fun and really entertaining to kind of check out. Um, three of them come to mind immediately as I'm thinking about the movies that have already hit here in 2017. So the first movie that I got to check out this year that I was really, really excited to see was called Split. And Split was the new uh, horror-slash-thriller from M. Night Shyamalan, who has uh, seen a little bit of a career resurgence here. He's done both Split and his most recent film, uh, The Visit, which came out last year, two years ago maybe. Both of them were with Bloomhouse Productions, which uh, if you know anything about the world of the scary movies, you know that Jason Bloom and his production company, Bloomhouse, has just uh, really, really come a long way in terms of providing us with a ton of quality stuff. They've given us the entire Sinister franchise, uh, Insidious. I mean, more than I can even recall off the top of my head, they've been uh, they've had their hands in a lot of the great horror of the last few years. And uh, I got to tell you, Split I thought was phenomenal. And uh, I'm a, I'm going to keep it spoiler free, but there is a uh, post credits, mid credits or post credits scene that. Um, for let's just say for fans of M Night, uh, you'll want to see this because it, uh, it it throws things back a little bit, and it also talks to what might be coming. Hopefully, might be coming in the future for the director who is uh, seeing a bit of a renaissance here in his career, which is which is awesome for him. Go M Night, go horror movies. Um, so if you haven't seen Split, get prepared to check it out uh, on uh, DVD or streaming video uh, as soon as you can. Another film that came out uh, earlier this year in February, and uh, I had really, really high hopes for it, uh, was the Lego Batman movie. 
those of you who've been following the show probably know that I'm a, I'm a big fan of Legos in general, uh, like most uh, middle-aged gentlemen. I've been playing with them for a long time, and uh, now I've got a seven-year-old who plays with them, and, and that's awesome. And I really enjoyed the Lego movie when it came out just a few years ago, and I was hoping that Lego Batman would give us more of the same in that kind of quirky, self-referential, but uh, you know, highly entertaining kind of vibe, and I am proud to say, excited to say, I'm not proud, I didn't really do anything with making the movie, so I don't have much pride in it, but I am excited to say that that Lego Batman absolutely did deliver on that promise. Um, If you are familiar with the Batman lore at all, uh, you will get a ton out of this movie, and if you are not familiar with the history of the character and and the franchise, you'll still uh, really, really enjoy it. Uh, I did, I, I wish Emily was here to talk about the film because we did get to see it uh, in a preview setting and um, you know I, I thoroughly enjoyed it I thought it was great and and Emily said honestly she she, she really wasn't into the Lego movie uh, a few years ago she thought it was all right but she she never really played with Legos as a kid so she really wasn't uh, as gung-ho for the Lego movie as some of us were but she actually really enjoyed Lego Batman. She's, you know, generally familiar with the character, but um, it, she really enjoyed the the humor and the style of the film. It is a phenomenal movie. I highly recommend you see it. I don't care if you've got kids, if you're taking kids, if you're just yourself or with a group of adults, just go see Lego Batman because it is funny, funny stuff. Uh, what else also came out? Oh, just a... Um, just recently here, a week or two ago, um, uh, I was very excited to, to get to see another advanced screening of this one and then went to see it on opening weekend as well just because it was so good. Um, the new horror movie, horror slash suspense, from Jordan Peele uh, called Get Out. Uh, you might recognize Jordan Peele's name. He's half of the duo uh, behind the comedic stylings of Key and Peele, along with Keegan-Michael Key, a long-running show on Comedy Central. Uh, Jordan Peele was also a cast member on Mad TV for a long time, so heavy comedic background, but he wrote and directed Get Out, uh, a horror movie with, um, gosh, how do I say this so it doesn't uh, freak people out? Um, The film is about race. And I don't mean that in a bad way. It's not a shock value thing. It literally, the the factor of race in our society is woven into the plot of this film in such a way that this movie literally could not exist without this, to be honest, very sometimes uncomfortable thing to talk about. You know, like I said in my review of the movie for sciencefiction.com, this is a film that, I mean, this is kind of the space that it lives in, but, you know, it forces us to kind of take a look in the societal mirror, and everybody, myself, you, everybody you know, we all have different aspects uh, mentally of, of how race impacts us due to what color our skin is, where we grew up geographically, uh, the people that surrounded us in our lives in terms of friends and family. Everyone has a different experience, and I don't want to minimize anyone's experience. I don't want to highlight necessarily anyone's experience. Just know that race is a factor in our everyday lives across the board, more so for some than others. Uh, but Get Out does a highly effective job of taking that 
piece of our daily lives and inserting it into a very suspenseful slash horror type of setting. I, I can't recommend it highly enough. It is an excellent movie. I think when it premiered, it had a 100% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes from all of the reviewers. It's, it's just that good, so definitely uh, check out Get Out if you can. All right, so that's a few of the movies that have come out so far already this year. Uh, there are a ton of movies on the slate, and um, that's a good thing here. We're recording this episode uh, right at the very beginning of March, so if you're listening to this episode fresh, you know you've got pretty much the entire year here to go, and if you're listening to it throughout, then some of these movies, obviously, that you're going to hear about uh, probably have already come out, but I'm going to give you them in chronological order. So we're going to talk about the movies that are coming out in order here, starting with the most upcoming films and then going all the way through the end of the year here, and then we'll wrap it up with a couple that don't have a release date yet, but we're still excited to talk about, so... Uh, coming up this weekend, if you are uh, listening, again, uh, fresh to the show here, uh, if not, it, it's uh, March 3rd, is the release of Logan, the newest X-Men, but sort of not X-Men film. It's kind of this weird vibe um, that you, even I'm a little confused about. So it is the, uh, allegedly, the final tale of uh, Hugh Jackman in his role of Wolverine. This completes his Wolverine uh, solo film adventures of X-Men Origins, Wolverine, The Wolverine, and then Logan. So um, this obviously takes place in a in a in a little bit of a different vein. And from some of the interviews and information that we've heard from the creative team, uh, even they are kind of dismissive and coy about whether th this not, doesn't necessarily take place within the quote unquote regular universe end quote of the X Men cinematic universal area thingamabobbers. I don't know. Um, but anyways, Logan is going to tell generically, not uh, completely obviously, but it's going to follow the vibe of the old man Logan storyline, uh, which uh, of course kind of sees the end of the line for Wolverine, if you will. He's uh, he's older, uh, not quite as effective as fighting anymore, but still pretty darn effective because come on, he's Wolverine. He's, he's doing all right. And it also rolls around the discovery of the closest thing he'll get to a child that you'll probably ever see is uh, a character called X-23, who is another project of the Weapon X program, who is very similar to Wolverine, and he sees a lot of himself in herself, and they selves, that's not a word, they selves go on a... Uh, a series of comedic misadventures that's not true they're gonna go fight and kill and uh, rip some things up and it's gonna be a good time so check out logan because uh you know you want to following logan on the very next week on march 10th uh, is another film that i am super excited about when i first heard about it i was like okay you know cool uh, and then as i've seen more and more uh, i have been getting more and more excited about it it is kong skull island so this is the the newest iteration in the King Kong series, and, and not only that, this is going to pave the way for a um, the ever so popular shared universe, um, which is which is cool. Uh, the shared universe between King Kong and Godzilla, a very King of the Monsters type of thing. It started unofficially last year with or last year 2015, um, a couple of years ago with a Godzilla film. This, the the new American Godzilla film, and uh, Kong uh, is Kong Skull Island is set in the 1970s, 
and uh, it will tell the story of King Kong, and then they are going to uh, wrap these two together. There's going to be another Godzilla film coming up soon, and then Godzilla and King Kong, they're going to cross over. They're going to they gonna throw down, as the kids would say, in a, the appropriately titled Kong versus Godzilla, King of the Monsters, winner of fame and fortune, and eater of fine desserts. Uh, I made up most of that subtitle, but it is Kong versus Godzilla or Godzilla versus Kong. But regardless, Kong Skull Island is coming out on March 10th of this year, and it should be a fun one to check out. A pretty good cast: uh, John Goodman, Tom Hiddleston, Samuel L. Jackson, John C. Riley. Uh, a lot of names that you can say with emphasis, and it's really fun to do. So that's Kong Skull Island coming your way sooner rather than later. The very next week following that, March 17th, sees two big releases. Uh, James Gunn, who many of you will know as the director of Guardians of the Galaxy, he also did many, many, many other awesome films like Super and Slither. Uh, he's got a new one coming out on March 17th called The Belko Experiment, uh, which is very interesting. It sounds like a, um, a pet project of his. I've been following him on, on Facebook and social media, and this is one that he's particularly proud of. It sounds like uh, he's kind of helped this kind of grow from nothing to inception, which is similar to some of his other films before uh, his Guardians of the Galaxy fame. So Belko Experiment has a little bit of a... Uh, suspense slash horror vibe to it. Uh, as I understand it, there's a company called Belco, and everybody goes to work there, and one day the building uh, locks itself down, and the mysterious people in charge come on the overhead comm and tell the employees that they need to start killing each other, or else the people in charge are going to be killing them for them. And uh, it's, a, you know, one of those social experiment, what would you do type of things, uh, very kind of uh, like, uh, kind, of, kind of like Saw in a, in a more wider uh, office space type of, type of setting, if you will. I'm sure that was probably the, the worst description of all time of the Belco experiment. So um, don't take my word for it um, and just go see it yourself and find out all about it. Also on March 17th, in addition to the Belco experiment, Disney fans will be excited because Beauty and the Beast is coming out, the live-action version of Beauty and the Beast, uh, a ridiculously talented cast uh, here. And, of course, um, what I'm personally interested to see is is the blend of live-action and CGI because this is similar in a similar vein to what Disney did for their quote-unquote live-action for uh, The Jungle Book, which came out, again, just, uh, just last year, I think. Um, you know, there's a lot of CGI inherent in the story of, you know, in Beauty and the Beast, you've got talking animated uh, objects that are normally inanimate have come to life with the teacup and uh, the clock and the candelabra and stuff like that. So it's live action to a point. Of course, there are live characters in it um, with Luke Evans and uh, Emma Watson and Josh Gad and things like that. But... Um, you know, Disney fans, obviously, uh, this is this kind of Disney's next wave as they've now told a lot of their stories via the animated medium. They're going back and kind of retelling these in a live-action medium now that technology has kind of um, reached a point where they can do, do so effectively. So um, Disney also just recently announced that their next live-action movie in this vein is going to be Mulan, which is exciting because that's a, a fun Disney princess story that's a little off the beaten path in terms of their 
overall popularity, but it's still very cool. So Beauty and the Beast coming your way here on March 17th. Following that, you're going to hear this. Um, gosh, I got to I gotta start going faster. I'm spending a lot of time on these movies here. I haven't even left March yet. March 24th, the weekend following that, we get Power Rangers, the Power Rangers reboot. Um, I don't know about this one. Uh, I, I obviously need to reserve judgment until I actually see these films, but what I've seen so far in the previews um, have not necessarily knocked my socks off. Now, uh, I, granted, I was a little older than the average person who's in the target wheelhouse of Power Rangers super fans. You know, so like the people who like grew up on Power Rangers, those people were maybe five to eight years younger than me. So uh, maybe they get a different vibe from this movie than I do because uh, of their love for the source material. But I don't know. We will see. We will uh, we'll check it out and we'll we'll see what it's all about. The week following that, this is a recording, the week, the next week following that previous movie I just talked about, March 31st, we get Ghost in the Shell. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is leading this one, is a, a live-action retelling of a classic anime. Um, you know, a little bit of, I don't want to qualify it by saying controversy, you know, with a capital C, controversy. But, um, you know, this being a classic Asian anime type of story people are like oh whitewashing 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 why would you cast white actors in all of the lead roles for this i don't think it was all the lead roles but you know um there was a similar concern with um matt damon headlining the great wall which also came out earlier earlier this year and i specifically did not mention in my short list of movies that were awesome that came out earlier this year because it wasn't awesome it was not good don't go see it um but Ghost in the Shell, uh, again, one of these movies that I'm kind of reserving, trying to reserve judgment for. I'm not intimately familiar with the source material. I'm I'm aware of it, but I, I have not really dove in hardcore to uh, the original Ghost in the Shell anime. So we'll see what this movie brings us, and um, I don't know. We'll just kind of go from there. Well, after that film, we get a bit of a break in terms of the major releases, at least uh, on the ones that I found on my calendar. Um, the next one I've got is not until um, April 28th. April, kind of a little bit of a dead zone. I think the studios know that uh, kids are going on spring break. Yeah, people are getting ready for summer, kind of gearing up. So a um, little, little bit of a no man's land here. But April 28th sees the release of an intriguing film, um, called The Circle. Now, this is kind of a, a fantasy slash sci-fi film here, and if you are fans of British actors and actresses, and we're talking Emma Watson, we're talking John Boyega, we're talking Karen Gillan, I guess I shouldn't say British, more UK in general there, but uh, throw in some some Tom Hanks for good measure there, even though he's totally not British, um, and you've got The Circle, uh, I don't know much about this. I believe it's based on a book, maybe? Um, but all, all I know is Emma Watson plays a character who goes to work for a very kind of generic social media powerhouse type company, your Facebook or Google or whatever, and things behind the scenes there are, are not all that they seem. The company is, is shooting for maybe bigger and more sinister designs. Uh, to me, it sounds like a, an extended episode of Black Mirror, the, uh, the Netflix 
series that was phenomenal, kind of like a modern-day Twilight Zone that dealt heavy on like technology and how it could impact our society in, in, in not-so-great ways. So, uh, I mean, Color Me Intrigued for The Circle. I do want to check that one out. So come uh, April 28th, you can see that one in the theaters as well. The week following that, May 5th, kind of officially launches the the summer movie season, if you will, and uh, our friend James Gunn makes his second appearance of the show with his, uh, you know, kind of a little more small independent film, um, art housey type of thing. Um, obviously, you know by now, I'm kidding. It's going to be Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Um, so thrilled that the first Guardians had the critical and commercial success that it did. Uh, I wrote my original review for that movie when it came out a few years ago uh, that I have been reading Guardians since the 90s in the Marvel comics. I absolutely have always loved the concept of that team and kind of telling the future stories of the uh, intergalactic Marvel universe in the in the 31st century. So I uh, was very excited to see the new Guardians on screen and of course super excited for Guardians Volume 2. I just feel like it's a perfect blend of kind of action comedy but also kind of kitschy and a little tongue-in-cheek you know like it knows that it's this ridiculous movie that likely will never happen in real life IRL but still it's one of those things that it's like you don't go to the movies to get your real life kicks you know we're there to have some fun and get lost in these ridiculous stories and that's exactly what Guardians is so I'm hoping that volume 2 will give us more of the same wackiness so that is coming our way May 5th uh, two weeks after Guardians of the Galaxy, you can stay in space, but instead of laughing, you can get the crap scared out of you by seeing Alien Covenant. The new Alien film is coming our way May 19th. Uh, another big lineup there, Danny McBride, Michael Fassbender leads uh, the charge with the creepy, crawly aliens who are almost assuredly going to hug some faces and kill some humans. Alien Covenant comes your way May 19th. May 26, you'll have the opportunity to shift gears a little bit and go away from the sci-fi and get into the summer mode. You know, it's the end of May, beginning of June, everything's going to be nice, hopefully, and you can go to the beach and have some fun. And what better way to start out your beach weather season than by seeing Baywatch? Can you believe they're making a Baywatch movie? Um, and yes, I know the first question that springs to your mind, not who's in it, not what's the plot. The first question that springs to your mind is, are we going to see Pamela Anderson and David Hasselhoff? And the answer is yes. Both of those characters, or uh, actors rather, will cameo in the movie. I don't know if they're going to be playing their original characters or someone different, but they will be joining the cast. Um, and, you know, Baywatch is one of those movies that you might dismiss, but go watch the previews and you kind of see, you know, you see some self-referential fun, a movie that doesn't take itself too seriously. And uh, to me, it's got uh, two of the actors that uh, initially, when they started acting, I was like, whatever, you know, dumb, they're just another actor, whatever. But I've come to appreciate what they do on the screen with their characters, and I, I, I do think that they're actually phenomenal actors um, in Zac Efron and Dwayne Don't Call Me the Rock Johnson. Um, they are together in this movie, so uh, I'll, I'll be interested to check it out. I'm going to watch it, and it's totally not because of girls in bathing suits. I'm, I'm going to watch it for uh, potential Oscar contender status, 
Baywatch. Um, stick with the beach theme on May 26th. Maybe you can catch a catch a double feature, go to the drive-in maybe, or you can come back the next day because also on May 26th you can catch the newest the i i'm excited that this franchise is still going even though it's one of those that kind of seems to slide under the radar for a while pirates of the caribbean has a new film coming out dead men tell no tales and uh this will this one will see the return of orlando bloom and of course you've got johnny depp and everything going on there with the pirates mode um it's one of those films that makes me want to go back and watch all the old Pirates movies in preparation for the new Pirates film. Because it's one of those, you know, I mean, I enjoyed the series. It, am I a super fan? No. You know, could I win a Pirates of the Caribbean trivia contest? No. Um, but but they are fun to watch, uh, as I've heard many people say about um, a film franchise that's coming up in just a few more selections. So put a pin in that and we'll come back to the film franchise stuff. But the week after Pirates of the Caribbean and Baywatch come out, we get our Wonder Woman film. June 2nd brings us Wonder Woman. Oh! Um, very, very interested to see how this one goes. The the DC extended universe, their cinematic universe, has been uh, off to a little bit of a rocky start. I don't think that's uh, unfair to say, but we'll be interested to see how Wonder Woman goes down. Uh, also interested to go see this with, with Emily and my seven-year-old daughter, Amelia. And maybe get their thoughts on this one as well. Maybe we'll maybe we'll maybe we'll do a family podcast on that one and see how see how everybody has come away from Wonder Woman, uh, because uh, we're definitely excited to see that Gal Gadot stars as Diana, and you've got uh, Chris Pro- Chris Pine as Steve Trevor. So um, so yeah, we'll we'll see how Wonder Woman goes on June second. We're hoping for the best. Speaking of hoping for the best. The next weekend after Wonder Woman is another film that I hope for the best for. Um, the beginnings of another, yet another, shared cinematic universe. Uh, June 9th brings us the premiere of The Mummy, which will be Universal's really first serious foray into their um, monster... Uh, they've got a name for it, I forget. The monster classic, monster universal, monster cinematic place where they can all get together and, and have crossovers and have fun with each other and... And, and hang out and become good friends type of thing. Um, the Mummy stars Tom Cruise, uh, and um, uh, this will, this will again, like I said, begin the, the cinematic universe for Universal. Russell Crowe plays uh, Dr. Jekyll in this movie, and uh, in preparation, obviously, for his own feature, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and I'm assuming, uh, I do know, I'm not assuming I know that uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon is getting his own film. Um, I believe that the Wolfman is getting his own film. Uh, Dracula, Dracula Untold uh, came out just a few years ago. And I think, I mean, Universal had these designs in mind, but I don't know if Dracula Untold uh, officially is part of this universe they're building or not. But uh, I'm sure there'll be more Dracula movies, The Invisible Man, uh, pretty much any of the characters that you can think of as those as those classic universal monsters are most likely going to be in this shared universe that is um, kicking off or at least going strong this year, hoping to go strong with The Mummy, June 9th. And then on June 23rd, remember when I was talking about, about, about Pirates just a few moments ago, about the franchise that uh, just keeps uh, just keeps on ticking, no matter how many licks it be licking? Well, that's not a thing. Um, but anyways, uh, Transformers has a new movie coming out. Transformers The Last Knight. 
That's with a K because you can't see how I'm reading it on the screen here. But Transformers, the last night with a K, the last Knigget, if you are a Monty Python fan. Um, I, I mean, it, confession time here. I have not ever seen a Michael Bay Transformers movie. And I'm not sure that I'm missing a lot. I, I, I don't know. It's like one of those things like, for whatever reason, you know, I'm going to start a... I'd like to start a column, a writing column called How the Hell Did I Miss This or something like that, you know? And the Transformers will be in there. I've never seen a Fast and the Furious movie either. So, um, you know, I feel like I've got some good fodder for a column like that. But uh, for you Transformers fans, uh, Transformers The Last Night coming out on June 23rd. Hopping into July, July 7th, 7-7, we'll see the release of um, a movie that people think was a long time coming and uh, I can't say that I blame him it's Spider-Man Homecoming and now we've been getting Spider-Man movies like every other year for the past two decades so so a Spider-Man movie alone uh, or by itself is not that exciting but the fact that this Spider-Man Homecoming is the first movie the solo Spider-Man film that is officially part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe now that's something to get excited about um, Spider-Man uh, is owned by Sony, and Sony worked out a deal with Marvel, where um, or Sony owns it cinematically, um, but they worked out a deal with Marvel where Spider-Man could could be part of the bigger MCU, and of course he made his um, debut in uh, Captain America: Civil War. So this is Spider-Man and uh, actor Tom Holland's first solo outing with Spider-Man Homecoming. I hope uh, I hope it keeps the quirky vibe that we got from Spider-Man in Captain America because uh, that would be cool. All right, back to the week following. The week following Spider-Man, we get um, the third installation and what might be the final? Uh, I'm not 100% sure on that. Um, in the new Planet of the Apes franchise, War for the Planet of the Apes. And I personally, I am thrilled about this one. I have been enjoying the new Planet of the Apes stuff. Um, I just, I, I give the Planet of the Apes franchise on the whole, going all the way back to the 60s, I give them mad props for just keep on keeping on keep telling new stories, keep plugging away, and somehow also keeping things fresh and relevant. If you have seen any of these new Apes movies, then you know that um, they are very socially relevant to today's themes, and it's, uh, it's, uh, it's very cool stuff, and I'm definitely looking forward to the War for the Planet of the Apes coming out on July 14th. Um, July is just going just gonna to rock my socks off. Every weekend I'm going to be in the theater checking out these films because you got spider-man then the next week you got war for the planet of the apes then the next week on july 21st we get valyrian and the city of a thousand planets and if you're not familiar with this one and you love sci-fi or fantasy at all it's time for you to get familiar with valyrian and the city of a thousand planets this is uh Made by Luc Besson. He's the director who uh, you might recognize his name if you are a sci-fi person as the director of The Fifth Element. Um, people are like, oh, this is the uh, the unofficial sequel to Fifth Element. Eh, not really. I mean, they're they're similar visually in the terms that uh, Besson gives, gives both of them a very massive scale type of feel. But Valyrian is actually based on a series of graphic novels uh, written in the 60s and 70s of the same name. Uh, so that source material has been around for a lot longer than The Fifth Element. 
But, um, you know, I mean, if you want to say that it, that they're connected, um, who am I to tell you that you're wrong or that you're silly because um, I, you're talking about two great movies. So so go for it. Um, but definitely Valerian is one that I am looking forward to seeing in July, on July 21st. And then the very next weekend, on July 28th, I'm going to go back to the theaters. And I hope my Stephen King fans come with me because it is the Dark Towers release date. And um, just super excited for this one with uh, Idris Elba and Matthew McConaughey. And this is one of Stephen King's bigger forays into the fantasy realm, if you will. A lot of his you know, stuff obviously deals with very horrific and suspenseful things, but a lot of them are grounded in the real world. But the Dark Tower uh, is definitely set in in an alternate realm with wizards and mages and, and orcs and things like that. So I'm um, very excited to see the big screen adaptation of the Dark Tower on July 28th. All right, we're in the home stretch now here. We're coming out of summer and into fall. Um, August is another one of those uh, oddly dead zones. I mean, there are some releases here, but I don't have anything on my personal calendar that I have circled and jotted down. In September, sticking with Stephen King here, September 8th gives us the big screen adaptation of It. Now, uh, you probably remember if you are uh, whatever, if you're 25 or older, you probably remember seeing it on the small screen on on TV in a miniseries that absolutely scared the bejeebus out of most of us. I, I mean, talk about, I mean, you've got a an iconic actor like Tim Curry who has just had amazing role after amazing role, and you put him up as Pennywise the Clown who lives in the sewers and terrorizes the kids in the small town. And I mean, it's just like... This is amazing, and why have we not thought of this sooner, and how can we institute this in real life? Um, because there's no better way to keep kids straight after school than putting clowns in sewers. Why are people not seeing this? Why are our politicians not running on these platforms? I don't understand it, but um, it is is getting the big screen treatment, and that is coming your way on September 8th, so we are definitely interested, and by we, I mean me, interested to check it out, so... The following week, this is the recording, the following week, let's go back to the sci-fi. We got a bit of a sci-fi stint here the rest of the way, looking down my list here. Um, October 6th will bring us Blade Runner 2049. And this is another one of those movies that I want to get real excited about. Love the original Blade Runner. Not sure how this one's going to go down. I'm cautiously optimistic. Uh, I know Harrison Ford is back in it. Ryan Gosling is in the film as well. We'll see what Ridley Scott has in store for us with Blade Runner 2049. We have a few more months before we have to, uh, to worry about seeing that one in all its glory as that comes our way October 6th. Uh, jumping into November... We've got a couple big releases in November. November 3rd will give us Thor Ragnarok, another Marvel Cinematic offering where we're going to get uh, not only Thor, but we're also going to get the return of Loki and we're going to see the return of the Incredible Hulk. Uh, Mark Ruffalo and his Hulk were noticeably absent for Cap from Captain America's Civil War, as was Thor, obviously. And they're both going to show up here in Ragnarok, along with at least Doctor Strange. And who knows who else from that wacky MCU is going to pop up for a, for a good buddy-buddy flick there for, for Thor. So Thor Ragnarok coming your way November 3rd. 
Following that, in just a few weeks, November 17th, you can uh, make your mental shift from Marvel to DC as we get their big team-up film, The Justice League. Now, I'm, I'm hoping if there's any DC film that can make their property shine, it's got to be The Justice League, don't you think? I mean, we get... You know, The Flash and Cyborg, Batman and Superman. Maybe they won't be fighting the whole time. Wonder Woman, Aquaman. I mean, all of these people together, there's got to be, there's just got to be a good story behind that, right? Or a good film? I don't know. We're going we're gonna to find out in November uh, with the Justice League on November 17th. Uh, then jumping ahead about a month to December 15th, uh, the big release. You probably already have it circled on your calendar. If not, uh, you'll obviously be hearing about it before it comes out. Uh, Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi is coming your way on December 15th. Um, we've oddly not gotten a lot of information yet about The Last Jedi. Uh, people were talking and just swearing up and down that, um, you know, Episode 7 released their first trailer, I guess, about nine months before the movie came out. So everybody said, well, that just falls right in line with the Super Bowl this year. So I'm for sure we'll get um, the first trailer during the Super Bowl. No, nothing. And now it's March. And no, nothing, nothing. So Disney playing this one very close to the chest. Um, we'll be very interested to see what happens with uh, The Last Jedi. And uh, we won't have too long to wait, as that, again, comes out December 15th. The week following that, just a few days before Christmas, on December 22nd, we will get the Jumanji remake. Uh, another one, maybe not a... Eh, I don't know if it's a remake. I'm still a little vague on whether it's a remake or a continuation of the original, or if it'll have any ties to the original, but uh, I do know that we've got Jack Black... Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson again. He probably doesn't like to be called The Rock that much, but it is fun to say, so I'm going to keep calling him Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And uh, Karen Gillan, both Dwayne and Karen, making their second appearance, or mention at least, on the podcast. I could have given Karen three because she was in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, but uh, she canceled on Indie PopCon last year, like three days before the show, um, so I'm not overly thrilled with her. I mean, she's still, she's okay, but not cool, not cool. You can make it up to us by coming back to PopCon this year if you like, so. Uh, but Jumanji, I digress, coming out December 22nd. Uh, this one, I am, I'm interested to see it. You know, I grew up watching Jumanji, so I'll be interested to see how this new film ties into the original lore or doesn't. And a couple films this year that have yet to uh, land on an, an official release date. Uh, one is called Under the Silver Lake. And this one has caught my attention because it is uh, directed by the, the team and the director who did uh, It Follows. Uh, 2014 low-key, lesser-release horror film that really blew things away. I, I really enjoyed It, it Follows. So... Um, that one is uh, under the Silver Lake is is coming out sometime this year. Andrew Garfield is in it, and uh, a random Topher Grace sighting um, from from the days of that that '70s show. But um, it is uh, kind of one of those noir type thrillers where someone is trying to solve a mystery, or he's uh, there's a character who's enamored with a series of murders, and as he goes digging, obviously he. He discovers more than he should, and then he gets in trouble and all this jazz. So, um, But that is Under the Silver Lake coming at some point this year. 
Uh, it gives me the vibe of um, another movie, oh, a movie that's coming out this year that I think I forgot to mention. Um, so backtrack a little bit and insert a pin in June 9th uh, of this year. Uh, so joining The Mummy uh, will be obviously probably in a much smaller release or maybe not quite as as massive in terms of marketing. Another kind of um, horror slash suspense film called It Comes at Night. And that's another one of those, uh, a similar vibe of Under the Silver Lake, but a little, a little different in the fact that I think this takes place place um it comes at night takes place with more of a more of a supernatural vibe i believe but but both of these you know i'm always a sucker for for these unique horror slash suspense films that kind of come out in a wider release because that doesn't happen much for for horror films unless you're part of a franchise so so very excited for both it comes at night that i forgot to mention and under the silver lake that i am mentioning right now and last but not least, uh, the only other film that I have that doesn't have a specific release date is called Annihilation. And now, Annihilation is based off of uh, a book of the same name, written by an author named Jeff Vandermeer. And it's uh, another one of those um, sci-fi type of type of vibes of something that kind of extrapolates from today's, today's society, where um, something has happened and there's a section of a continent that has been taken over by um, strange vegetation and unnatural things, and it's called Area X, and um, there are teams that are sent in to examine and report on what's going on, and most teams don't survive very well. Some teams commit mass suicide, some teams go insane, some teams are just never heard from again. So um, Annihilation follows the story of, I believe, the 12th, 11th or 12th expedition to go into Area X. Um, so definitely intriguing to see that. It's made by the same creative team, director Alex Garland and his team, who did Ex Machina uh, a few years ago, uh, which was another very intriguing kind of um, fantasy, uh, sci-fi, Black Mirror-esque extrapolation on um, current society and and how things could could go awry or could go wrong so i'm very interested to see annihilation whenever that gets a release date which has not happened yet so okay that's most of the movies in terms of the big scale releases that are coming out this year um there are a few i know that um are coming out in um the streaming realm uh, I know Netflix in particular has a movie coming out at, towards the end of this year, I believe in December, um, called Bright. It's directed by David Ayer, who did um, su the Suicide Squad film. Uh, it stars Will Smith, so the, a little bit of a Suicide Squad uh, re-team up there. Uh, and it also stars Joel, Ed Joel Edgerton, uh, Numi Rapace. And um, my understanding, again, I, I don't know too much about it, but from what Netflix has released, I believe that Edgerton and Will Smith, um, they are kind of like police officers, but they exist in a world where, um, from the beginning of time, humans have evolved alongside orcs and elves and things like this. So it definitely has kind of a, um, a detective story type of feel with a bit of a fantasy twist to it so so that one is coming from netflix uh, towards the end of the year and i know that uh, I'm, I'm sure that there are many more films on streaming that i that i don't know about that will be coming down the pipe as it were so 
there's also a ton of stuff like like we talked about earlier of uh, you know um, TV shows that that are coming out this year, um, music and games, um, just all sorts of pop culture awesomeness coming your way in 2017. But today we wanted to focus on the films that you can expect to see. So uh, please let me know if I missed anything, if I missed any films that you were looking forward to, and I will happily make sure to mention them on the next episode of the show. You can come find us uh, over on Facebook at facebook.com slash popcultish. You can come grab us on Twitter at B-B-E, popcultish. Or you can always just swing by the website at popcultish.com to check out the podcasts, um, some features and news articles that I'll write and all sorts of fun stuff. Just, Just kind of a general hub for pop culture knowledge. So... All right, that officially wraps it up for another uh, pulse-pounding episode. Uh, I'm excited to come back and talk to you guys again very soon, but until I do, remember to be passionate, be proud, and be pop cultish.